Hello, my friends. Welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm your host, Joanna LaFleur. This is season seven, episode six. Today, we are talking to my friend, Chadi Orozco. She's an amazing author, podcaster, speaker. She's a showrunner. She's a creative director. She's got a New York job, but a Florida address. So she's between those two cities. We're going to hear more about that. You're going to love her. And I think she's really a sort of a exhorter and a prophetic voice for today. So you're going to love it. And of course, thank you so much to Compassion Canada and to the Church Co., a website billing company who, uh, because of them, this podcast is possible. So I love these sponsors. Can't wait to tell you more about them later. Check the links in the show notes, check out what they have to offer, especially now, end of year, Christmas time, there's lots going on there. So check those show links. Hey, also, I want you to check out our YouTube channel. We've got tutorials. We've got a whole back catalog of podcasts. Want you to subscribe. Would love you to rate the podcast too while you're at it. all that kind of stuff basically just helps more people know that this exists the more uh the more you engage with it the more it helps the algorithms tell other people about it so love when you guys do that thank you so much and hey if you want to join the digital church facebook group it would be a great time to do it because starting in the new year we are actually launching a new email newsletter and not your boring email junk letter we actually really want to add value to you every week we want to teach you and keep you up to date on what's going on in, di- in the digital world and have my assessments on how that relates to you as a christian as a leader in the church and uh um, really offer you some entertainment and some education every week through this. And also um, you're going to be hearing perhaps a little bit of shout outs from my dog, my dog, uh, whose name is Pearl. Uh, Pearl the pug is going to be giving a pearl of wisdom every week in this email. list. So if I don't entice you, Pearl the pug's pearls of wisdom uh, is going to be a great addition to your inbox. So if you join the digital church Facebook group with the link below in the show notes or you know, just go on Facebook and search for Digital Church. You're going to find our Facebook group. Um, that's a great way for you to give us your email address so that uh, we can connect you with these emails. All right, Chadi, I can't wait for you to hear the conversation with her. And so let's dive in with that conversation with Chadi Orozco. Welcome to the Word Made Digital Podcast with Joanna LaFleur. You're listening to Season 7. Word Made Digital brings you interviews with Christian creatives and communicators to inspire, challenge, and equip you in your own work. The church has the best news in the world, so we want to help you be the best communicators in the world. Here we go. Chani, welcome to Word Made Digital. Thanks, homie. I'm stoked to be here. I've been stalking you for so long. So wondering uh, it's you're going to let me come hang. Oh, yeah, man. I think it's mutual. We um, we kind of um, are tracking with each other from afar. So I just, I really wanted to introduce my people listening here to you because they need to know you and they may or may not know who you are. So let's start there. Give us a little introduction. Who are you? And yeah, oh, let's, gosh. let's dive in. Um, uh, about a month and a half ago, I would have called myself an ex-executive producer because I spent the last year producing TV shows. Uh, a year ago, I would have called myself a global creative director of a church, which I did for like 10 years. Um, but now, man, I'm just a person who loves Jesus, who's got a podcast called I Cry in Corners. I'm writing a new book. Um, yeah, I just, I'm trying to love Jesus and do creative things. I'm not trying to love Jesus. I do love Jesus. But um, I'm just doing creative things and, and trying to build the kingdom and build the church outside the four walls of the church. So that's what I'm doing right now. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's start there. We were kind of just talking about it right before I hit record. Um, I want to talk to you about podcasting. I want to talk about your book. I want to talk okay. about what you're working on in New York, creative creative stuff. I want to okay. talk about Cuba because it's something oh, you gosh. really care about. So yeah. I, I, we'll see what we have time for. But... <laughs> um, Again, just to dive a little bit more into this context, um, yeah, yeah, you've come, you've just come off of, and in some ways, maybe my own story is not, we have different stories, but I spent yeah. nearly a decade working on a church staff and had been part of the church community for years. Like the senior leader had been my youth pastor yeah. when I was 13, yeah. like grew up into it. And then in my early thirties was time to do something new for lots of different reasons. And so there's lots of people listening. We're talking like in the news, right? Like the great transition, like the great resignation everyone's talking yeah. about. Like there's a ton of people right now, if they aren't already, um, leaving their jobs. Like people are reevaluating what they're doing work-wise. So let's just, let's talk a bit about it. Um, you know, how, um, you know, why a big change for you at this moment in life? What sort of, um, what led to you leaving the church? And, and yeah, you did so many interesting, exciting projects there. Um, yeah. I think for a so I why think now? in my twenties, dude, in my twenties, I thought like, Oh, I'm called to vocational ministry. Like, this is what I have to do. This is my calling. And then, um, you know, my thirties, I came to realize that, you know, I was just on assignment because my job would change every year. Like I was the women's <laughs> director and I did that for two years and I loved it. Yeah. And then I, and then during COVID I was like the global creative director and I'm like, so cool. I'm like the creative lady. Right. It's like dream of my life. I'm 37 years old. I'm doing, and then COVID hits and I become my pastor's executive assistant slash creative slash I'm making movies and document. I don't even know, man. It was just like, all of a sudden it was like, it changed again. And it was like, God, I had to come to Jesus a little bit and say, you know, what, what am I really doing? You know? Yeah. And I looked at all the incredible, amazing things that I got. It allowed me to do, uh, working for the church, the big C and it, and I realized that building the big C has always been my assignment. Um, and my call, like, I just love to build a church. I love to build people. And then about, I would say in July of 2021, I felt for the first time a release to not be on church staff. Mm. And that was really scary for me. I was about three weeks away from turning 40 and, um, I was overwhelmed. We had all these documentaries we were doing and, um, I, I don't know. I was just really overwhelmed and I kept missing my exit to get off of work. Like I did it four days in a row. And, um, so when and you, I was oh, just, your exit, you mean like in your car, yeah, like legit, yeah. I was so overwhelmed driving that I kept missing my exit. And, uh, huh. it was like the fifth day I was three weeks away from turning 40 and I felt God, I felt it in my spirit, in my bones. And he was like, you're about to miss your exit. And I was like, no, huh. man, I turned on the exit. He was like, no, that's not what I mean. And it scared me. Like I went, my husband and I worked together. So I like immediately went to his office when I got to work and I was like, I think the Lord just told me we're going to exit off of staff. And he was like, you're crazy. We've been here 20 years. Like, this is where we go to church. We're pastors on staff. Like we're living our dream, like living. I'm at the height of my career. Why would I leave staff? You know? And, um, over the next six weeks, it was like, things started to happen where I felt like the Lord was saying, I don't know how many red flags and and whales I need to send your way. It was like, I was running in the opposite direction, like Jonah, and I was like, no, God, I'm doing what you said. I, you told me to build the church. 
And I felt like the Lord was like, you can still build the church, but now you got to put your money where your mouth is. You've been telling people that ministry isn't on staff. So would you trust me to do that? And so I had no plan B. I went to New York on a, on a freelance project with my husband and we're sitting in little Italy and, and we're having dinner with friends. And my husband looks at me and he's like, I think we're supposed to come off staff. And I was like, what do you mean we're supposed to? like, it, it wow. was like, so this was after he, you'd said it to him. Yeah, like he was still, yeah, processing he just, it. Yeah. he was still processing and he, he was like, no, are you crazy? Like, I love my job. I love what we're doing. And, and he was like, so he's walking the streets of New York and God just put this thing on his heart, not for the city, but for the vastness of people. You know, the thing about the church is we live in this tiny bubble of our church and our events and Sunday being the Super Bowl. But you know this better than anyone because of the, the work that you do. There's so many people out there that need to hear about the love of Jesus. And sometimes, dude, we get so internal working on a church staff that we forget about the people. And we found ourselves walking the streets of New York God, and with God going, there's a lot of more people. And if you say yes to this, I'll open up doors. And so we literally came home, wrote a resignation letter and sent it. And wow. we, and it was crazy. Everyone was like, are you guys nuts? What are you doing? We're like, I don't know, man. We don't have a plan B. We don't have jobs. Um, this was in August. This was, you know, mm. six weeks this ago. This really, yeah, really recently. Yeah, this is real fresh. And we're recording, and, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and within, we came off staff within two weeks. We gave it two weeks and everything. Everything was awesome. We love our pastors. We're still in very good terms with them. Nothing, it was no like bad stuff. Um, I'm a firm believer that how you walk out of one season dictates how you walk into the next. And mm-hmm. so we made sure that we were on good terms. We sat with our lead pastor. We sat with our senior pastor. Um, we sat with our bosses and we were clear with kind of what God was saying. And, um, and within three weeks, we had more work than we've ever had in our life. It was like the floodgates opened with opportunities and I haven't stopped traveling since I left. And, um, I took a, I took a job in New York, um, working as a creative director at a digital marketing firm. So I work remote from there, from, from my home here in Jacksonville, Florida. And then I'm in New York once a month, uh, training the teams and, and building brands. And then I'm working freelance. I was in Wyoming shooting a commercial a couple weeks ago and working with different ministries and building the church that way. My husband's doing a lot of the same. And yeah, honestly, he's taking a sabbatical. Is, it, is he in the, is he creative he's, world Oh my well, gosh, or? yeah, he's a beast. He's like super production guy. He built our tours and built our teams and uh, no one knows more audiovisual lights than that guy. And he's gotten some great opportunities and he's just like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to wait on God. Um, you know, he's, I love, I love watching him process this. He's like, just cause I can do it doesn't mean I'm called to it. And he's just working through that. And he's just like, you know, I, I, I heard God clearly say we needed to go. And when God says where we need to go next, especially, you know, he, I felt very clear that I needed to take the job in New York and, um, it's been an incredible process thus far. Um, but, uh, he's just working through and, and, and processing what that looks like. So we, as a family, man, I have God's hand has been on us in more ways than I can even imagine over the last six weeks. Um, but man, I, it's funny cause you leave the church vocationally and everyone thinks you're mad at God. And so I got a lot of really weird yeah, I was DMs. Say, is, well, yeah. What are people saying? Um, oh, what are, are you deconstructing was the big one. Huh. Are you deconstructing? Um, you know, I mean, the truth is this, I'm not deconstructing Jesus. I love Jesus. Jesus died on the cross. He's still faithful. I say this all the time that God is still God and God is still good. Now is his bride kind of sketchy sometimes? Yep. Um, you know what I mean? Like, do you know, I, we're not perfect people. Yeah, you sure. know what I mean? We're, we're an imperfect well, in any people local trying church, to serve the a perfect one, God. You know, the one you worked at or 
the thousands of others. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They all got they all got issues. Yeah. Dude, every church has problems. Every church has an issue. No church is perfect. Did I leave because we were imperfect? No, I left because God said go. And um, I think that that's the big difference. Is and a lot of people. It's funny how many people want to talk smack when you leave too. Like that just texts out of nowhere and. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll say this, and I, I I said it to you earlier, but it's like I honored my pastors and loved my pastors for 20 years, and I'm going to do it for 20 more years. I, I, it's who I am as a as a person, as a pastor, as a just as a daughter of God, and I'm just not going to. You know what I mean? Like, I've never been that person, and so yeah. I, if I could speak well, I say into that people louder that, for the people at the back, you honored I, I them know I was, the whole time you I, were there, so and you I'm going to honor them before. Yeah. And so if you're thinking of transitioning, if you're thinking of stepping off your church staff, do it because you're walking towards something, not because you're running away from something. Yeah. God ble- God blesses when you're walking towards something. You keep running away, you're going to run into some whales. And I'll tell you that that is not a fun situation or process. <laughs> well, I think what some of the stuff you're saying uh, is just so important. I think the reality is like, for some people, they need to leave because it is a bad situation. Yeah, you know? um, 100%. For some, um, you know, it's really amazing when we get, like, the God calling, like, a Holy Spirit sense, whatever. And sometimes it's just, like, we're using our brain and common sense. Like, yeah. like this is the end of the road here. You know, there's, yeah. there's nothing more for me here. And not because I'm not committed, but because this is either, like, an unhealthy place for me or my family yeah. Or um, just like quite literally, I've done what I felt like I came to do. And yeah. now I'm just, there's just nothing else for me to continue It's an assignment change. Yeah. Joe, yeah. it's an assignment change. And I think that people are so scared of that assignment change. But at the end of the day, like when Jesus, you know, you know this, you know, man, you know more Bible than me. You're so much more articulate than me. But, you know, you think of Jesus when he fed the 5,000, he thanked God, and then he broke the bread before he deployed it. There's a level of breaking that happens before God can deploy you into anything. And I think sometimes yeah. we look at the breaking like it's a bad thing. No, it's a God thing. And so right now I broke off of being on vocational ministry, but it doesn't mean that I don't, I'm not thankful for those years. I and mean, they didn't, they, those years built me, they built my work ethic. They built my grit. And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm very thankful for those years in vocational ministry. I don't know if in 20 years I'm going to go back on staff at a church. I don't know what I'm not doing is, is, is putting God in a box. I'm saying, God, do what you're going to do and I'll follow, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and even what you're saying about, I'm, I'm picturing you walking the streets of New York, just like looking around at real people who God loves. And you're talking about Jonah. So I'm going to bring that story resonates with me so much because there's this line and it's something like when God calls Jonah to go to these unlikely people, these, you know, not religious people to go serve them and help them and communicate to them. He says, like, don't, like, there's like a hundred, something like there's 120,000 people here plus animals. Yeah. Don't you think I care about them? Yeah. And they don't know their right, it's like they don't know their right hand from the le- their left. And don't you think I care about them too? Just this idea yeah. that, like, you're looking around and counting the faces and the 100%. stories of all these people on the streets of New York is what I'm hearing you say. And you're saying, like, yeah. hey, what about these people? There's something that's stirring in me for these people. It is. I'm in airports, all different airports, and I'm just watching people. I'm in different cities that I've never been in, and I'm just watching people. I'm working with clients all around the United States. I mean, clients that aren't, that aren't you know, 
Christians and hearing the things they have to say that have very different lifestyles than me. Let me tell you, there's there's a different way to talk to people that you can't use all your churchy language. You know what I'm saying? You want to really lead somebody to the Lord? Try not using churchy language. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, I, a, I'm having to do. It's actually kind it, of a fun exercise. It's <laughs> it's real difficult, especially when you've been in church for 20 years and you're trying to teach creatives to non-Christian people and talk about the creativity, and you can't say uh, "Be led of the Holy Spirit" or that I leave my Bible on my desk, and that's what inspires me. You've got to learn how to say those things in a way that is for all people and all men. And so, yeah, man, I'm navigating that. It's it's hard, but man. I, to me, that's the most Jesus thing I've ever done. I used to think it was, you know, all the conferences I led and helped do creatively or all the things that I put my hand to and all the people that I hired. and and But I had nothing to... Honestly, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. This is the most ministry I've ever done. Mm. Well, I often think about a lot of people talk about what, what the church can learn from the business world or like how does a creative agency run, in our case, yeah. we're creative. So how does a creative agency run that the church can learn from mimic, copy? And it's certainly in terms of like leadership practices and we look at like yeah. what did the military do and what did, you know, the smartest MBAs you know do to develop... Yeah their startup or, you know, what does Google do? Let's copy them. But, but I'm actually curious to hear the opposite. What do you think? I mean, I know this is super fresh for you. So it's like your first <laughs> impressions yeah. on like the opposite. Like what is it that as a church creative, um, we offer to a regular creative agency or like when you come from like, I've had like all this religious <laughs> work experience and now I'm going into a non-religious work environment. What are some yeah. things you think can be brought the other way because often we're so quick to copy them, but they need to copy us on some things. Yeah. I mean, I, I owned my own company in my twenties before I came on staff at the church. And so I had always been in a creative job. And then I came on staff at the church and was like, wait a second, you guys move at a pace that other people don't move at. Like, it's kind of crazy. You can't brand something in four days, you know, like the church, we just do things in the craziest, most amazing God duct tape type of situations that an agency is like, we were just, you know, we can do this in six weeks. And I'm laughing like, bro, I, I can do that in four days. There's a, there's a, a grind that the church has, uh, that, that the world doesn't have or doesn't need to have. Yeah. They don't need to have it because they have this thing called time and budgets and, um, the church, the church has learned how to be, is, is, has done things in a grimy way. And I say that in the most like loving, awesome thing. There's a grime and a grit to the church that makes me love her more. And, um, that, I think that me bringing that into the agency has been, um, honestly, I'm like really proud of the work that I've put out recently. Um, but it's, it's, it's a different type of work, man. It, it it, you know, you, I'm doing a lot of branding, like branding personas and things of that sort, which I love. I love identities. And, but when you walk into a room and they ask you the question in front of all your coworkers, like, Hey, like if you had to brand yourself in three ways, what would you do? And they're like, Chadi, you know, branding, you do it. And it gives me an opportunity to give everyone in the room a prophetic word. Hmm. And they have no idea that that's what I'm doing that that this yeah. is this is how I see you and this is why I see you that way and they're like emotional and they don't know why they're emotional and you're like god I was just you know, thank you god that you opened up this door for me to speak life into a situation that I would normally not get to speak life into and I think the the church training the learning how to love people and see people and speak life over people 
you know, when you lead in a creative field in the church, man, you better live speaking life because everyone in that room has so many feelings, you know? And, um, so for me, it's like the opportunity to speak life into places that life is not normally spoken into. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so true. Um, you're talking, I mean, you're talking about Jonah, you're talking about the, the Daniel story, the person yeah. going from yeah. the person of faith, going into the Babylon. It's exile, man. It's yeah, exile. going into exile, going into this other kind of environment <laughs> and trying yeah. to, um, actually through like the excellence of your work, show people something about who God is and like what, like what that transformation has been in your life. Yeah. Um, it's the Jeremiah story. It's the, you know. Yeah. It's the Jeremiah story. He didn't say, hey, we're leaving. He said, this is where you're going to be if you want this city to be at peace. Build here. You know, I'm just trying to build where I'm at. Yeah. So, I mean, what would you say? Like, there's people listening. You've always got some great wisdom to give to people. It's what you do on your podcast all the time. And what would you say to other people? They're, They're thinking of leaving their job, whether, you know, maybe there's lots of different reasons you leave, right? Some people are upset. Some people, it's just the right time. Um what would you say to other people since this is so fresh for you? I feel like your wisdom is, is for like this moment for people. I have a podcast episode called quitting is not a thing. Hey. And, um, I had to listen to it over and over again before I quit because I (laughs) wanted to know, I wanted to be able to say I wasn't quitting, but instead I was walking into something new. And what I felt God said to me was you got, I said, you know, I'm, I'm big on strength. Like, God, look how strong I am. I'll hold on to this. I'll hold on to this for you. And one time I felt like the Lord said, your strength isn't determined by how hard you hold on to things, but by how gently you let them go. And mm-hmm. so I feel like if you're walking into a season of transition, right, um, it's not so much a quitting thing, but a letting go. Are you able to let go? And, and when you let go, is it a healthy thing? Like, are you letting go of bitterness? Are you letting go of unhealth? What are you letting go? To me, quitting has such a negative connotation of like, F this, I'm out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, there's no quitting in the kingdom. In the kingdom, we love people and we forgive people. But there is a lot of letting go in the kingdom. I mean, look at um, Barnabas and Paul. There was a letting go there. There are relationships that should end and that do end. And it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I have great friendships that were great for eight years and then they were gone. And now we just kind of see each other on Instagram every once in a while and that's it. And that's okay. Some, some relationships are only meant for seasons. So I would say if you're in transition, I would ask yourself, are you quitting pissed off or are you letting go because God's telling you to let go and you know, it's just the end, it's the end of a season and it's okay. Um, I think that mature, maturity knows the difference. Christmas is upon us and if you have still some gifts to buy I really want to talk to you about compassion and their gift guide they have a gifts of compassion gift guide every year and they renew a Christmas you can actually give to it all year long uh, if you want to gift it for Valentine's Day 4th of July whatever it is you need to give for but especially at Christmas it's an amazing time to give something to you know your techie uncle your sibling that has everything things
maybe you have a plant lover in your family, we would love for you to consider the Gifts of Compassion gift guide. All the gifts are sourced locally by the community and their leaders. So it's what they have said they themselves need. Compassion isn't telling them. They are telling compassion what they need and you can meet that need. Go to compassion.ca slash shop today. That's compassion.ca slash shop. Speaking of that maturity, like as we've said from the beginning, no, there's no perfect church. And so yeah. there are there are some things we probably need to process when we're leaving. Like we need to work out, you know, where would you say you should do that? Like go like <laughs> like okay, if you not shouldn't with your do coworkers, that on in, yeah. not if with you your coworkers do that on Instagram, and not on Facebook. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like don't process out loud with people that can't oh my god, my pastor Tim Timberlake says this. Don't tell people stuff that can't do anything about it. Hmm. Like if you're telling somebody who can't do anything about it, you're telling the wrong person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like don't go tell your coworkers that you're pissed off at your boss. You're just, you know, causing dissent. Like that's not go to a safe place, go seek counsel, counsel, like go, go see a counselor, go talk to a pastor, go, go talk to your spouse, go talk to people that are trusted, people who have a different perspective that are not in the trench with you. If you're talking to people who are in the trench covered in mud with you, they're going to be pissed off too, you know? So I think, I yeah. think wisdom knows who to talk to, but if you're talking smack to people and you're frustrated with people and the people you're talking to can't actually do anything, then you're just gossiping. No, I, I like that as like a like a barometer, like a measuring stick for that. And, and I think, um, I think people do it sometimes to connect or cause it feels like it feels good to gossip or it feels like you have power. If you have secret knowledge that other we call have. it processing. That's the new thing. Yeah. That's the new thing. But I think I'm just processing. I'm processing aloud. No, you're not. Yeah, you're gossiping. But I think some- yeah, I think some of it is 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 around like authenticity though, like because we don't want to feel like we're lying, you know. And so there are like there is a way to be wisdom, honest wisdom and maturity without knows telling how to be all honest. the details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. Like, I I'm gonna say this. I'm just gonna be honest. I mean, I'm being honest and authentic. Was it hard to leave? Yeah, I'd been there since I was 22 years old. Is it is it hard still? Yeah, there are some things I can't even I can't even pull myself to do because it's too emotional for me to do because letting go is hard. Imagine holding on to something for 20 years and then letting go. You might have let it go, but your hands are still stuck in that. So it's like it's like yeah, that. It's grief. Um, There's a grief to it. Yeah, yeah, man. And it's okay. But like grief, you never bounce back from grief in a day. It takes a while. So, yeah, man, it, it's not not being authentic. I, I used to be one of those people that would just say, cause I'm fast on my feet and I would say it and be like, oh, I'm just being honest. And then, you know what? And then I realized in my thirties, I'm not being honest. I'm being rude. I'm being disrespectful. Right. You're just like cutting people. Yeah. And, and if you don't, if you don't have self-control over your, over your words, that's, that's actually has nothing to do with authenticity. That has to do with maturity. So like your maturity should trump your authenticity. You should know when to say, it's like uh, discernment and discretion, okay? Discernment's knowing what God is doing in the room. Discretion's knowing what you should be doing in the room. And just because I have more to say about my leaving doesn't mean I should tell your entire podcast network. 
Because I don't know them. <laughs> right. It might yeah. not help them. They don't I need Please to know don't. all the content. Yeah. You, know, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's maturity. Maturity says, I love people. It was hard. But you know what? The cross was hard. And Jesus did it. And it was awesome. And people were, there was salvation on the other end. And so, you know what? I was obedient to what God said. My husband was obedient to what God said. And we're super blessed because of it. Is it hard? Yes. Am I working through it? Yeah. But you know what? Life is hard and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my dog is, uh, so cute and standing behind you. She's so cute. She's on the couch. It's obviously we'll edit this out. Um, she knows the time and she thinks it's time to go to P A R K as you can Uh see by her digging. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go grab some of her treats and just start bribing her so we can keep talking. (laughs) Just a sec. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Actually, I don't know if you have animals, but they seem to know the time. I don't know how they do that, but they do. Yeah, my cat is an a-hole. She's outside, and my husband had to put her in the (laughs) other room because she's just screaming the whole time. (laughs) So I'm just, like, muting myself when I hear her, like, scratching around, but... But it's I also good. will start to bribe her so we can get like another half hour here. Oh, we're <laughs> this fine. is my life. Um, okay, um, Brandon, editor, we're jumping back in now. Um, okay, so we're talking about authenticity and we're talking about like where are the places you should process that and what are the places you can be honest without having everybody know all your, you know, business. Yeah. Yeah, there's, um, you know, there's, there's a big topic that you are talking pretty publicly about right now, and that's yeah. where I want to talk to you about this Cuba stuff because okay. I think in like a, a world on fire. So context, um, really, really briefly, is you care very. I want I want you to say why, but you care very much about what's going on in Cuba right now, and you're advocating for it, talking about it online. And I want to talk about that for like, how do we talk then about things we care about or a justice issue yeah. or something that ain't right? How do we do that? This world on fire, we all have something we care about, but a lot of us don't say anything because we don't know, know to how say. to say it. So let's talk about that. What What's going on in Cuba? Why do you care about it? And then let's break down what you're doing about that. Yeah. Well, first things first, I think that when you speak on things of social justice, you need, you only can speak on what your experience has been. So like, uh, when the black lives matter stuff was going off, I went to all my best friends, all my black friends and sat down with them. And I was like, tell me, tell me what I should know. Tell me what I need to say and how to say it. How can I come around you? I was just sending texts every day. I love you. How are you? Are you safe? Where are you? Like all, all I knew what to do during that season. And since then, since it became like such a, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I always understood it because I've always had such ethnically diverse friends, but it, when it came and it blew up during COVID, it was like, all I could do was just come around and hug. What can I do? What can I say? And they'd be like, say this, don't say this, say this, don't say this. And so, um, what I'll say about the Cuba thing before I tell you why is that like, just don't talk. If you don't have any actual Cuban friends, just don't talk. Don't, don't start Googling like, and I'm going to be really offensively aggressive with this because my family literally left communist Cuba so I could be born into freedom. Like there's no one 
going to say anything to me about Cuba and they're, oh, no, that's it's the embargo and da, 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 da. No one, no one, because your family didn't leave Cuba unless you're an actual Cuban and then I'll have a conversation with you. But it's like nothing has been more heartbreaking to me than, than when the Black Lives Matter thing and everything was going off and then, but nobody wants to talk about all the black people that are dying in Cuba and all the artists and creatives that are literally being imprisoned in Cuba. And like this Cuba thing is not a new thing, Joe. Like it's a, it's a 60 plus year beating, um, that has been like my grandfather's home was literally stripped from him. They moved a communist, uh, uh, um, leader into their home. My father literally had come to, they came to this country. My grandfather worked three jobs. He was very affluent in Cuba. And like he died at 33 working three jobs as a janitor, like, and wow. like just so that we could all come to the United States, my grandmother hid visas under her bed so that we could be born into freedom. Like they lived in a one bedroom apartment with all the cousins and everybody sleeping on a plastic couch. So that like Cuba's not a new thing. Cuba's just now becoming a thing that everyone's hearing about because there's internet. So it's just like, uh, the, um, George Floyd. It, that's not a new thing, guys. It, we just we have internet. Have, we have we have phones now to like film yes. what's going on. Yes. It sucks. It sucks. My husband's very brown. You know what I mean? Like we walk through airports. He's pulled aside everywhere we go. I had a friend during the whole Black Lives Matter thing say to me, why, why is your husband dressing so white? Why is he dressing so white? And I said, I went and bought him new clothes because he, he he's very brown, you know? And she was like, oh, I didn't know that was an issue for you guys. Like wow. it was so frustrating to me for people to be so, um, just like they don't get it. And so for the Cuba thing, man, like go, go hang out with a Cuban, go sit down with a Cuban, a Cuban and understand what's really going on in Cuba. It's people are literally starving. They, that government is literally starving. It's people. Uh, someone said to me, Oh, Cuba's open now. Are you going to go on a cruise? No, no, I'm actually not. My family was exiled. I'm actually not going back. I'm not going to go and give money to the communists. Like, oh, it's just frustrating. I could talk about this <laughs> yeah, in like an black, angry, yeah. aggressive. So what I what I would say is this. Cuba, Cuba's, man, they've been at it for 60-something years. And, and in, like, on November 20th, the Cuban people literally started putting in um, requests to uh to protest peacefully which you can't do in cuba by the way like even talk like if i was in cuba right now go ahead and there's going to be people coming through my door in the next hour to come get me like what i'm saying right now could get me in trouble there's it's it's amazing to me the things we say in the united states and in canada and all these other places and like you don't realize what you get to yes and you don't even get to real like in cuba there's none of that you say anything derogatory about the state you're in you're in jail and um November 20th, they started signing petitions and saying, hey, we're going to protest peacefully. And then the Cuban government said, cool, cool. You know what we're going to do? Get all the army, you know, ready to go to, uh, you know, monitor the peace. Like they're ready to beat the living tar out of everyone on the 20th. So they like secretly changed it to another day. And they're telling all like on social media, like social media has been the voice of the Cuban people over the last couple months. It's the only place that they're able to get it out there and say, Hey, this is what's really happening. So if you want to help the Cuban people post something, amplify Cuban voices. Uh, Gloria Estevan has a beautiful, she, she's doing a thing with her family, uh, the red table, like the red table talk that like, uh, Willow and Jade and all of them do, but go watch theirs, go watch theirs on the, like, she's one of the most famous Cubans ever. 
Just go yeah. hear what she has to say about Cuba. And so, oh man, I just, my heart breaks. Like I'm trying not to cry even as I talk to you about it. Cause it's like, there's just people, man. They're literally starving themselves. Like they're just, they're starving the Cuban people like that in itself. They're like, if you care about people of color at all, like you should care about what's happening in Cuba. If you have posted anything about Black Lives Matter, feel free to go ahead and post about Cuba. Because I had a friend who who posted something afterwards and they, he kind of Kanye Wested the whole situation. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what's happening in Cuba, but black people are still um, hurting here in the United States. And it wasn't like a either or, it's a both and. There's like so many things happening in the world. The world is on freaking fire, like you say. Yeah. And so well, that's we're not- what it is, right? It feels overwhelming because it's like, okay, you're you're educating me and us around this topic, or if we're not being educated, we're being reminded of it. And again, yeah. it's not that we didn't know black people were there was race racial issues in the U.S. and police were biased. We, it's not that we didn't know that, but but the media is bringing it to our attention again, and it feels like it's the compassion fatigue, or it's like the justice exhaustion, like. There's so many issues going on, and it sometimes feels like hard to to know what, what to, to talk post about, and when to post. Talk. If you should post, yeah, you know. Yeah. So like even, for, yeah. for for me, it's like if I see something that that ch- tugs at my heart, I'll repost it. I don't need to say anything. I'll amplify the voice that said it because they're because I love them because I want to amplify the truth, and the truth is coming from somebody who's experienced it. So, yeah, man, I'm not, not everyone's going to be a social justice hero, but everybody's called to love people. And I just, I, I don't know. I, I, think of, I think of Jesus, and there was that moment where he stood in a corner and he got that whip together. Like, that took some, he sat there and he did that. And he did yeah. it for a reason. And um, I just feel like I'm not normally a big social justice person. I'm a love people. Like, I'm not going to do something on my social media that I'm not doing in real life. So, like... Whatever you see me doing on social media, it's because I'm actually doing it in real life. So black lives matter to me. Some of my best friends in the entire world like, are black. People of color matter to me. I am, I am a white Hispanic woman, which means I am marginalized, dude. Like, I walk into a Spanish room and I'm not very Spanish. I know what it's like to not fit in, you know? And so I, I want to make sure that people's voices are amplified. I know what that's like to not feel amplified. And I know what it's like to feel privileged. And so I have this really weird in-between. And it's like, dude, God's called us to, to be a voice for the voiceless. And right now the Cuban people do not have a voice. Um, and, you know, that's my, my prayer. My prayer is that one day I'll see a free Cuba. And I believe it. I believe it in my bones mm-hmm. that I will. But, you know... Till then, dude, I'll just pray and I'll continue to post and continue to be an advocate. And I have some things coming down the pipeline that I'm doing and partnering with some organizations creatively um, to do some creative stuff and some artistic stuff. Because a lot of the people that are being are the influencers they are being taken are the influencers, the people on TikTok, the people on Instagram that are posting about Cuba. And so I, I don't know, man, I'm just doing the best that I can with what I have. And yeah. Well, I appreciate even what you're saying because I think a lot of the time the podcast conversations lean to like the dangers of social media and and they are real and the addiction stuff and we should turn, put away our phones. But what we're talking about here is 
strategic advocacy using our freedom of yeah. speech to talk about things that actually matter and choosing to just not say, I'm overwhelmed by all of it. I don't know what to do, so I'm going to do nothing. Get off of social Same media. Like, Why are you on social yeah. media that long? Like social yeah. media, social media is not, If it, it should never amplify your voice to where your voice is all that matters. If you are a believer, your social media should, should when people encounter your social media, they should see Jesus in some way or form. So get off of social media. If you're sitting there for 15 hours watching TikTok, then you have a problem. Like, then it is a real issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm 40 well, years TikTok old. TikTok too call... is like, hey, you've been here too long. Maybe it's time yeah. to take a break. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm 40 years old, though. Social media has a different take for me. You know, I'm from the MySpace generation where I was doing HTML. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't, I want to spend my time loving the people that are in my circle. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, having moments that nobody sees. I, I take pictures and people are like, oh, you're going to put that on social media? I'm like, no, it's for me. That's for me. Yes, that's for me to have. That's it. Yeah. I just posted today for the first time in a couple months on social. I just thought, yeah, I haven't posted in a while. I probably should. But there's so many photos I don't need to post. I want yeah. the memory, but I don't need to share the memory. Um, yeah. So kind of because we're going down this line, uh, there's a topic that you you talked about on Andy's Andy Andrew pod, uh, her podcast slash TV thing that mm -hmm. kind of intrigued me because I mean, it, maybe in some way it resonates with my own story about being, um, mid thirties. I don't have any kids, but, um, but it's just general. I I would love for you to talk about, you know, like the stuff in life that doesn't go how you thought and how you pray into those things. Um, uh, how you wrestle with God for things or how you accept what God has given you in life, even if it wasn't what you planned. Because whatever the topic may be, whether it's you want to have kids or you want to be married or you want more money or you want your physical health to be better, I don't know, whatever it is, um, we all have those things. So I'd love for your, again, just like some insight from you into what you've gone through in your journey that's helped you um, know God and know his purposes in your life, even when it didn't look like what you thought it would look like? I think the real questions about legacy, I, I, I have this, I have this book I'm currently writing. Um, my hope is to release it next year. It's all about being fruitful. It's called fruitful motherhood lack thereof. Now I got the revelation of fruitfulness from my battle with infertility. Um, or I don't like to call it a battle because I wasn't really in a fist fight with it, but you know, walking through infertility gave me the revelation of fruitfulness. And it made me realize mm -hmm. that um, I'm still a tree and I'm still bearing fruit, even though it wasn't the fruit that I thought it was. And I think a lot of times life throws us uh, curveballs and you're like, um, I don't even like uh, plums, Jesus. You know what I mean? Like I was looking to be an orange tree. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and I think that you just got to be able to look at the fruit of your life and be content in the fruit of your life. And, um, for me, I learned to be content in the fruit of my life, um, through, through infertility. And I think that, uh, life is, life is going to be hard. I, I said this earlier, I said, life is hard, but so is the cross. And, um, I always go back to the Cuba thing for me, because I think of my, what my grandparents sacrificed so that I could be born into freedom. They didn't, they didn't sacrifice their life so that I would have an easy life. They sacrificed so that I could have a free life. And freedom doesn't necessarily mean easy. And um, I think Jesus did that for us. He gave us this freedom so that we could walk out in freedom to love people. Um, but life doesn't always look like how we think it does. And I think that 
when you understand it through that filter, you don't get mad when you can't have kids or you don't get mad because you got married late or you don't get married or, or whatever it is that people are walking through. You didn't get the job you wanted. I can't tell you how many jobs I did not get that I wanted. And five months down the road, I thanked God for that, me not getting that job. Right. A hundred percent. Or, yeah. Or, I mean, in the kid thing, it's seeing what you've been able to do in ministry and fruitfulness and like building into so many people as disciples or if it's singleness or if it's financial. I mean, there's so many things that we pray for that God doesn't give us and it's for good reason. Yeah. But the he's, thing that we're asking for isn't necessarily a bad thing. No. Um, but sometimes it's not the right thing for us. Yeah. I think it's the difference between a good thing and a God thing. And it's not like God doesn't want you to have good things. He just wants you to have God things. And, um, I, and for me, I mean, I would not have been able to walk away from a 20 year career with peace, knowing I don't have to work for the next year and a half if I don't want to, if I had kids, you know what I'm saying? So I'm living a very dope life right now, traveling the United States and doing all these things. And, um, God, I got a cool job, dude. I got a smoking hot husband. I'm living my best life. Like I'm like, Mexico and, you know, friggin' I'm going to spend three weeks in Montana, like just li- literally doing the coolest things. But I wouldn't have been able to do that if all those things I would have hoped for in my 20s if I would have got. And so, like, you're hoping and praying for things right now. I promise you in 20 years and 10 years, you're going to look down the line and go, thank God that you held back that door and that there was another door because the doors that God op- yeah. opens are so much better than the doors you try to open for yourself. This episode of Where My Digital is brought to you by The Church Co. I love talking about The Church Co. and talked about them long before they became a partner on the podcast. So if you don't know them, you have to check them out. They're literally building people websites for free. You sign up, you choose a plan, and they have a team of web builders who build you a website at no additional charge. This is the amazing thing. You might already have a website, but honestly, I think their sites look as good, if not better, than sites that cost thousands of dollars. And they have a lot of unique features that a lot of church websites don't have, like church online, CHMS integrations, digital prayer, small groups, events, sermons. They've thought of with all of what they build, the church specifically. Now that said, if you're a leader and you need a website for your own work and ministry, they do that too. But they really have been thinking about churches with their pricing and with some of the offerings they have in terms of the add-ons and widgets that you can build into your site. I think the best part is the price. They do it all for 29 bucks a month. And, and it's already so cheap and they're building it for for free for you, but they also are giving listeners to this podcast 20% off for your first year. If you use the code digital, as in word made digital, if you use the code digital, you're going to get 20% off for your first year. So go to thechurchco.com. There's a link down below in the show notes. Would love you to check out thechurchco.com and use that code digital when you check out. I mean, yeah, and, and there are people, though, of course, like the some church, they've got the bad bad theology maybe around like what it means to like pray or health and wealth, gospel, prosperity. You're going to get all this good stuff, and it doesn't happen for a lot of people. They get disillusioned. Um, you know, what would you say if there's someone listening who's like that? You know, they're in that place. They're, they're feeling like God has let them down. Um. I sat on my couch a couple months ago, not a couple months, it had to be about a year ago, and I was facing something I had never faced before. 
And I remember sitting on my couch after, I mean, I got saved when I was five years old. I was baptized when I was eight. I rededicated my life, really started leaving for Jesus when I was 17. I'm 40. And I sat on my couch and said, Jesus, I don't even know if I believe in you anymore. And um, I think that it's okay to wrestle with God. I think it's okay to have real hard conversations. I've, I've said some pretty bad words to Jesus and he still loves me. And um, I think that God's big enough for our questions, but we got to be ready for the answers, kind of like Job, you know? Mm. And um, one thing that I do in moments where I feel the most detached from him and I don't know what the frick he's saying and I don't know what the heck to do. I go back to the word and the things that I know to be true. And I read Psalms 23 over my life over and over and over again, because in the, in Psalms 23, it talks about all the things he does and all I have to do is rest. And so if I can just find rest and rest to me is not the lack of busyness. Rest is, is, is being in the presence of God. If I can just be in the presence of God, I'll find like he, he's never going to short me. So I speak the facts. Lord, you are for me. God, you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. God, you said that I'm not alone. I literally speak the word of God over myself, whether I feel it or not. And, um, you know, peace is not a feeling. It's the person of Jesus Christ. And I just, and I will myself to that. And I did that sitting on my couch a year and a half ago. Um, God, I don't believe in you right now, but I do know that you love me and you're with me. And I'll, I'll work through this. And I did. And, you know, I'm here on the other side, walking some pretty amazing things out, you know, with God. And um, so if you're in that and you're and you feel that way, don't trust your feelings. Trust, trust God. Feelings can't be trusted. I have an entire podcast on that. You know, Uh, tell us more about your podcast. I mean, you're in a new season of life. So is that a conflict? I don't know if that's an issue. Like, no, not at all. The content you're creating, is not a conflict with your new job. No. Um, why, why do you do the, I mean, I, I I sometimes just tell the story of the conversations I was having with all these brilliant people like you behind the scenes. I wanted more people to hear what we were talking about. And so that's one of the main reasons I started this podcast now many years ago. Season seven now is what you're part of. So we've been doing this a while, but yeah, why are you podcasting? Like, where, I mean, you wrote a book. Like, you're spending this is like extra time on top yeah. of your work. So why are why are you doing this? What do you hope it's accomplishing for people? I just I I couldn't be the only woman, cr- or creative, or emotional person out there that somebody said you're too emotional. I just couldn't be the only one. And um, I was sick and tired of feeling bad because God had given me emotions. God, our emotions are a gift. They're, they're indicator lights to what God is doing and what, how we should be perceiving things. Now, I just think that people don't know how to steward their feelings. And so that was my motivation. Like Jesus was the most overwhelmed ever in, in the garden of Gethsemane, yet he still stood up, kissed the guy that betrayed him and went and did what he needed to do. And I I wanted to be that. That's like the dream of my life is to still be overwhelmed, but still do what I need to do. And that's why I started it. Like I just talk about feelings and you know, feelings aren't bad right now. We're in, I'm in season yeah, I seven cry in corners. Yeah. I cry in corners. In corner. Jesus cried in a corner. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with having feelings. Yeah. The problem is, is when you don't have feelings and you don't talk about your feelings and, and you let people talk down at you because of your feelings. No, I mean, I, I, there's a way to steward them and steward them well. And that's what I've been talking about for seven seasons. So I'm just going to keep doing it till I have nothing else to say. Yeah. 
What are you excited about? Maybe one of the last questions here as we wrap up. What are you yeah. excited about when you think about media, content creation? I'm A lot of people listening are, you know, they're Christian people. They may or may not actually work in church themselves, but... You know, I just like I just talked to the guy who's leading Alpha, like the evangelism oh, rock on. film series, but yeah, he's yeah, doing yeah. that with the youth series. So Na- Dan Blythe, he was creative oh, yeah. lead at Hillsong. Yeah, London. I know who he is. Yeah, and um, and he was talking about all this stuff with like animation and what they're curious about for next gen content creation with animation. I mean, so it's a big, broad question. What's some stuff you're excited about creatively? Stuff you think other people should pay attention to? Um, you know, are you buying that iPhone 13? I don't know. Just like, let's, oh, I already got let's it. Already got creative. It. You got that. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I think there are some real pioneers out there right now. You know, mm-hmm. um, my friends at Tulsa, Victory Tulsa, JD out there, he's like, there are some for real pioneers in the media field right now. That guy, mm-hmm. like they're doing movies and Broadway styled shows. And I think there's a lot of churches out there that are really, uh, putting the world to shame on creativity. I think that they mm-hmm. haven't really made it out yet. Um, but you've got people like, you know, JD and stuff like that. John Daughtry is his name. And um, you guys, if you're not following Victory Tulsa, you're just, it's sad because they're killing it. Um, but I, I think. I'm not. I got to go check it out <laughs> You now. need to. They're incredible. They just. Don't they just be sad. No, man. They did Pilgrim's Progress, but they changed it and they made it huh. like for this generation. And um, I've just never seen anybody do anything like that. And I also spent the last year doing documentaries. And so I think that um, believing filmmakers are really going to start coming out of the woodwork. I've seen it. Huh. I've been in it. Um, streaming services that aren't weird are coming out of the woodwork. And um, I was thankful to be a part of one for the last year. And um, I think that for me, like I, we have some things in the work for us, some shows that we're writing that we're going to produce um, ourselves. I mean, I produced 15 shows in eight months over the last year and a half. And so I'm going to keep doing that and keep writing. And, um, and I have a book coming out that I'm really excited about. So I, for me, it's like... The world is shifting. The creatives, I feel like God has broken us off from the church world and is deploying us into the world. And um, it's not to bring the church culture into the world, but to bring Jesus into the world. And there's a real big difference. Uh, Shoreline Church does it really beautifully in Destin. They go into bars and they have church on the water and they do things like I've never seen. I mean, they built their church literally in a club. And um, I think there's a lot of churches out there that have been doing it great for a really long time. And, and they're not mega churches. Some of them are, but some of them aren't. And um, I believe that God's hand is on the, I, you know, I went to Rome and I saw all this creativity in all these churches. And I believe that God's going to ignite creativity back into the church, but not necessarily in the church, but in the, outside the four walls of the church. The people of the church. Yeah. People, the big C, that. the actual people. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, Shadi, if people want to find you, I mean, you've just thrown some churches out, so they're maybe going to want to go check those out. Oh, but if gosh. they want to find you, they want to not miss this book when it comes out. Uh, where, do, where do you want to send people? You can go to icryingcorners.com. Um, my other books are there. My podcast is there. You can follow me on the Instagram, chadiorosco.com. Um, I, I respond to all my DMs on Instagram. That's pretty much where I live and if I'm on a social network and, um, but yeah, I cry I'm in the middle of season seven. Um, we've got episodes four and five coming out in the next couple of weeks. I'm excited to see what God's going to do. And, um, but yeah, also happy awesome. birthday, by the way. 
<laughs> yeah, it's my birthday as we record it's your this. Thanks so much. Of course. You know, I no, I, I wanted to talk to you because what I like one of the things I like about you is I just know like I can throw something at you and you're gonna give a thoughtful, wise answer shooting out of your mouth. And I don't mean that because like it's cause you have a history of working it out. So when I'm asking you a question fresh, you're not just like making it up for the first time. You've actually wrestled through a lot of this stuff and it shows in your life. It shows in how you speak, shows in the kind of stuff that's happening in your, even just creatively what you're able to produce. Um, you're an inspiring person. And so people, especially for women listening, you know, I think a lot of the creative leads that we follow our guys, which is great. Um, but there's some women like you killing it out there and people need to, people need to know. <laughs> so thank you so much, uh, Thanks, just for, for spending a bit of time and inspiring people today and being real with us about all that. Oh man, I'm honored to be here. You know, I look at you and I look at all the things that you're doing and what you're putting your hand to. And I believe that it's just the next wave of, of women of God lifting people up and doing stuff. And I'm just excited to be locked arms with you in this next season, my friend. Chadi, thank you so much for the conversation. Next up, next week, during this holiday week, we have Dan Blythe. He's the global youth director for the Alpha film series and the Alpha program that goes into high schools and churches and youth programs all across the world. It's translated into all kinds of languages. And you may also have known him because he led youth or also he led the creative team at Hillsong in London previously. So can't wait for you to learn and lean into what Dan Blythe has to say. You're going to love them. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Compassion Canada, who are doing amazing things this Christmas that you can get involved in. And of course, the Church Go, who can launch you a brand new website, New Year, New You. You know, got to get on that new website. Check out the links in the show notes. Find us on YouTube, find us in the Digital Church Facebook group, and find us here next week with Dan Blythe. Thanks for listening to the Word Made Digital Podcast with Joanna LaFleur. If you like this content, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Rate it and share this episode with your friends. Head over to wordmadedigital.com for more free tools and helpful content for creatives and communicators. We love helping you communicate the best news in the world.